Welcome back to the Sila Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm really happy to have you here today with me. Today we're going to be talking about thoughts from the trail. This is a series that I'll be revisiting every once in a while. Sometimes you'll hear, I'll, I'll refer to it lessons from the trail. Today it's thoughts from the trail. Sometimes when I take my dogs out in the morning, sometimes there are lessons I'm actually learning on the trail from what I'm observing in nature, from what I'm observing by trying out a new trail or watching my dogs and their wacky antics. And there's sometimes that being on a walk out in nature, out in a forest, out along the beach, that I have these thoughts and ideas. And I used to be able to share those through a private podcast I produced very sporadically, kind of trying out the podcast world to see if I even liked it. And I shared it on that private podcast, shared it with the members of my mastermind. And it's just something that I miss doing. So I'm going to be introducing that back here to the Sila Entrepreneur podcast. And every once in a while, we're going to revisit some of the things that I am learning from the trail. And this is one episode I've been thinking about for a while as it relates to my dog, Oliver, who is now 16, 16 and a half and he's getting a little bit, you know, he's older. And in the fall, he often has trouble keeping up with the walk. And I have trouble saying no, that he can't come with us. And my people pleasing, and in this case, dog pleasing tendencies come out. And I want to take him with us. But it's been causing some problems for Mochi, who's quite a bit younger and needs more vigorous exercise. And for myself, too, that is kind of starting to defeat the process of why I go on morning walks to begin with. Today's episode, some of the thoughts and some of the things that I've been learning through this experience with Oliver over the last few years. And I want to remind all of us and remind me that it's okay to ask for what you need as a person, as a business owner, as somebody who's fighting some chronic illness, to somebody who's a caregiver. And so these are thoughts from the trail. It's okay to ask for what you need. Hello there, and welcome to the Sila Entrepreneur Podcast, where we take a look at doing online business a little differently for women over 50. I'm your host, Marta Gertson, entrepreneur and business owner since 2008. And for far too long, I struggled with trying to figure out what I wanted to be when my business and I grew up. I was tired of buying all the courses and downloading all the freebies, all in the hope that the answer I was longing for would suddenly appear. Turns out, clarity doesn't come in an instant. It's a journey of discovery and finding answers layer by layer. As I took action, I learned what type of work I really love to do, who I had fun serving, and the problems I love to help them solve. That clarity gave me the confidence to start designing a simple, sustainable business that I could steward well, and I'd love to help you do the same. If you're ready to find the clarity you're longing for, then you're in the right place. Let's take this journey of discovery together. I mentioned Oliver is getting older. My mom got him when he was about 10 months old. He's been with us pretty much since this very beginning of his life. And he and then about five years ago, he moved in with me when my mother moved into assisted living. I've known him since he came home. He was best friends with my dog ba Bailey. My mom and I got our dogs on the same day. Unfortunately, I lost my Bailey a, a few years ago. Uh, miss him terribly. And Oliver lost his buddy. And so I knew that pretty soon I needed to get another dog. And I waited as long as I could. And eventually it just became clear. Oliver needed his buddy. He was just missing having Bailey around. And so that's when I got Mochi. And you can see uh, in my on my website on celastudios.co, you'll see pictures of them. I also share our walks on Instagram. 
and I'll have a blog post for this particular episode. And I'll be sharing with you some of the pictures that I've taken of Oliver and Mochi and some of the things that we've been doing to accommodate Oliver. Three years ago, Oliver was running across the sand, happy as a clam, and all of a sudden just stopped and just yipped. And I realized he probably had torn a tendon. And sure enough, he tore a tendon. He tore had a partial tear of his Achilles. And keeping him quiet and immobile was, that was hard. <laughs> Even at, at that point, he was about 14. And keeping that dog from jumping on and off the couches, on and off of everything was very difficult. Last year, he got to, to the same about the same time of year and his allergies kicked into high gear. We struggled with allergies. We struggled with him losing weight. And then later on in the winter, he turned a corner, gained his weight back. We actually had a cancer scare. I still don't know if he has cancer or not, but he bounced back. And this was a year ago now. Back to this fall, we're at the same point again. He's lost weight and he's uh, having trouble with his allergies. And it seems to be it's just a regular thing right now. Well, what happens during this time is that he slows down. And of course, you know, each year he gets older. He's now 16, about 16 and a half. And this fall, he's really slowed down even further. I am a bit of a people pleaser, or in this case, a dog pleaser. I don't want to disappoint him because he loves going with us on our walks. If I'm headed towards the door, both Mochi and Oliver get all riled up. They don't like to be left behind. The fact that I work from home and we're together pretty much 24-7, they go with me virtually everywhere. It's hard to leave them behind because I know they're going to be disappointed. And at this point, at Oliver's age, I don't know how much time we have left with him. We did have a cancer scare a year ago and they told us maybe two or three months. Well, being over a year later, he's still doing okay, struggling at times, but not too bad for his age. And so it's very hard for me to say no to him. But the problem is, is that we get out there now and all he wants to do, as dogs do, they want to sniff and smell every six inches or less, and he just wants to hang out in this one little area. And if I want to walk a little bit faster, I can't because he can't keep up and Mochi's wanting to go faster. So we're, I'm often being pulled in two different directions. And trust me, this does relate to business. I'll get there. But what I've realized is that I'm having to take stock now. What can Oliver do? What can he handle? What can I confidently say I can help him with? What can I do to help him and accommodate for his age and for his current limitations? Will he turn around? Hopefully, I don't know. But at the same time, I've also got to keep track of Mochi's needs and I've got to keep track of my needs. Mochi is one of those dogs, as with a lot of dogs, that if she doesn't get an, of enough exercise, we start to have a few disobedience problems. And she starts to become a little hyper. The zoomies uh, start to ensue at very odd times and she just she needs to be able to burn energy and we can't do that when Oliver is needing to move at a snail's pace. Also for me, I am to the point where I am out for a walk for very specific reasons. I go in the morning because it's a habit now for me. I've been doing it for 14, 15 years. That's what the, one of the reasons I got a dog is that I knew I would have to go out on walks and that for me has become part of my routine. It is one of the most important stress reduction and anxiety management tools I have in my toolbox. And it's just a way for me to get outside. I very much have a need for being outside. Uh, recently, I discovered I am probably uh, what they call an HSP or highly sensitive person. And that has drawn me even further into feeling a need to be out in nature. And it's also amazingly 
being out on a morning walk is often when I problem solve. It's when I figure things out. It's when I get a lot of my aha moments. Thus, this series, Thoughts from the Trail or Lessons from the Trail. But the problem is, is that recently with Oliver's health issues, I'm having to slow down and make sure that he's okay. I'm having to check in with him all the time, evaluate how he's doing. And Mochi's getting frustrated and I found that I was not getting what I needed out of those walks. Over the weekend, we went on one of my favorite trails and I knew how far I would like to have gotten on that trail. It's a three mile walk in and three mile walk out. And I knew there's no way we could do that all with how Oliver is feeling. I've looked for different contraptions. I used to call him Oliver the tote bag dog because I had a tote bag for short walks. That I could just kind of plop him in uh, while he was having to heal with his leg. And I could at least take him on our walks for and, and include him in that. But that really doesn't work for longer walks. So it was becoming an issue. And I really was starting to think, okay, what can I do to help him join us on our walks? Because he loves being outside as well while not taking away from what I need and what Mochi needs. And so it really came to mind that a lot of us as entrepreneurs, a lot of us as women over 50, a lot of us who are caregivers, we are people pleasers and we're accommodators. And that is, you know, in many ways, that is what fuels our service. That helps us help our clients. It helps us take care of the people we need to take care of. But it also takes away from our ability to take care of ourselves. And remember that there are needs that we have. So when our people pleasing and our accommodating starts to become at the expense of our health, physically, mentally, spiritually, then there's sometimes we have to take a step back and figure out, is this really the right direction? And when I took a look at what Oliver was needing, I realized really what he needs is a few minutes to sniff and smell, hang out with Mochi for a little bit, and then really he's okay to just hang out for the ride. And thankfully, he is actually quite small, always has been for the most part. And right now he's unfortunately a little bit smaller, we're working on his weight. And he actually fits amazingly right on top of my camera bag. So a lot of times I have my big camera, my digital SLR camera that goes out with us on our walks. And he can, I can actually put him right on top of the top of the camera bag when it's closed and just hold him there. And, you know, it's not going to work for hours and hours of walks, but if I want to take him, go out and go out, still go out for an, uh, a mile walk, a mile and a half, two mile walk, this is doable. And it got my attention that this is a way to help him not have him be the center of everything and still give Mochi the type of walk that she needs and helping me get back to the type of walk that I need in the morning. That was pretty cool. That was a big realization. And it made me realize that my people-pleasing tendency and that my accommodator uh, was really putting him at the front and center at the kind of at the detriment and at some level for Mochi and me. Once I realized there's a way to continue to help Oliver and take him with us on our walks while still meeting the needs of myself and Mochi, that to me was an incredible solution. He still gets his exercise. He doesn't get left behind. And he just kind of gets to hang out on top of my camera bag. I'll have a picture in the post for this to show you with him sitting on the camera bag. It worked really well. And it got me thinking, so what am I doing in my business? What am I doing with family? What am I doing with my mentors and my coaches? You know, people that I work with directly or people that land in my inbox. When it comes to family, specifically with my mom, there's something that I've had to start doing this year is once a month, I take Wednesday off completely. My mom, I bring my mother over from her 
her apartment, the assisted living uh, on Sundays and Wednesdays. And those are my days to just focus on her, to talk to her face to face, to try to help her work through some of the advancing Alzheimer issues and her ability to communicate, which takes a lot of time and attention. It, it really takes a lot of energy. And so I do take one Wednesday off a month to just be, to not have to do that, just to kind of do what I want to do or just, and some days it's just resting. A lot of times I just need to decompress and rest. So that's what I've been needing to do. And I, I did talk to her about it and she, she understood for the most part. I said, mom, this is what I need to do. And this is my day off. And sometimes she understands, sometimes she doesn't, but I still have to take it. Now, there are times that we do have to play around with that because some, you know, being a caregiver or somebody with Alzheimer's, there are times when you do have to, to accommodate and you have to, if there's something that's really causing them distress, of course, I'm going to change my plans or change the date. But learning to ask for what I need from my mom was a big step. Putting boundaries in place with my clients. And this was a lesson that took me many years into my business to figure out and learn because I was wanting to help them. They were my clients. I was, they were paying me to help them. And I wanted to be there whenever I could to help them. But what that led to was working six days a week, oftentimes 13, 14 hours a day. I was really basically back in my corporate job that was burning me out. Slowly but surely, I started taking Saturdays off and had a two-day weekend. I was only working five days a week. And I was putting boundaries on the how late I could work or if I knew I needed to work later, starting my day later. And then also putting in a boundary in of how much time it was going to take me and what my client should expect for me to get back to them regarding a voicemail they left or an email they sent. And this is not something I did overnight. This was something that really took time for me to implement step by step. And then when I was traveling for many years, I was traveling back and forth to check on my mom before she moved down closer to me. And it got to the point that traveling all of all the weekend, I got to Monday and I was absolutely toast. I was no good to my clients anyway. So I started working a four day week. And these were just things that happened along the way as I learned to ask for what I need. And then a lot of times asking the most difficult person in my life, which is me, to, to honor those boundaries and to honor the fact that this is what I needed to be a better business owner, a better client provider, a better caregiver to my mother. So taking the time to ask and identify what I need and then honoring that request, asking my family to honor it, my clients to honor it, and then also my, my boss, me. But there's also the stuff that comes into our inbox, that comes into our social media. It's the coaches we hire how many times do we st stand up for ourselves and speak up and say, this is what I need. What you're teaching is great. But one, it's just noise right now. And so unsubscribing. And that is asking for what you need to, to eliminate some of that noise, to clean up your inbox. Sometimes it's actually working directly with a coach or to working directly with a teacher uh, in a course and say, you know what, what you're teaching is great, but it's not helping me. What else can you do to help me out? Can it be said differently? Can you provide different resources? Can you recommend anything that might help clarify or help make this easier or help it make help what you're teaching apply more directly to me? And asking for that takes strength and it takes courage. And so asking for what you need does take courage. And it's not something that you have to do all at once. It can be done in steps and it can be done in increments. But when we're moving from people pleasers and being accommodators, to asking for what we need, 
it really is an amazing transformation. And what the difference that you will see is really quite amazing. Mochi and I are now back to walks that get the blood pumping. Mochi gets to uh, expend some of her energy. I'm getting back to the point where I am being able to use my walks as prayer time, as thinking time, as de-stress time. So asking what I need and finding out ways to take care of Oliver while still helping Mochi and me has been huge. Second, I think we need to identify the issues that accommodating and people pleaser is causing. Now, as I said before, on our morning walks, Mochi was not getting enough exercise. There are times I felt like I was asking Oliver push, to push himself beyond what he was able, and I was not getting what I needed out of it. And so that was not helping anyone. And so it took some time to for a few walks to kind of really figure out, okay, this is working, this is not what can I do? I, again, I don't want to leave Oliver home. He still needs to be outside. He needs to have his brain engaged. Mochi still needs to get her exercise. And I, it's really hard for me to, yeah, it's just hard. It was just getting really hard. But concentrating on what wasn't working was keeping me from looking at what could work or what was there an alternative to make those things that weren't working work better or eliminate those problems altogether. And being a people pleaser and being an accommodator, it can cause problems in our business. It can cause problems as a caregiver in our own self-care. It can cause problems in our energy, energy levels, and our health issues. What are the negative issues that are arising from you accommodating a client who's being demanding and unreasonable? What is happening to your business when your caregiving is sucking so much life out of you that you don't have nothing left for your, your business and you're taking care of your clients? What happens when you're ignoring your self-care and when you're not monitoring your energy levels and that what you're doing is actually causing flare-ups of your health issues? But again, also, what are some good things you're learning about accommodating? Sometimes accommodating people pleasing aren't always negative. But then you have to balance that. Are the negative issues outweighing the good or are the good balancing out the negative issues or outweighing the negative issues? These are things we cannot ignore because when we let these habits of taking care of everybody else to the expense of our own health, our own ability to help people, then we're kind of running what they call out of balance. Now, I don't think there is such a thing as full balance. I think there's cycles and there's seasons. And there are seasons and cycles where we do have to dive in and take care of a client that is really in trouble. We do have to step back and take the business has to ease up a little bit so we can dive into the caregiving. And there are times when our self-care needs to take priority. I heard this quote from a permaculture expert and homesteader, Justin Rhodes. He said, when you are sick, resting is your work. And when you're sick, healing is your job. And we forget that. We forget to give ourselves permission to take care of ourselves and so that we can take care of our clients, take care of running our business and be able to, to care for those we care about and we love. So taking the time to identify what are the problems that are arising by me always accommodating a demanding client, intense caregiving needs, and also my own health care. What's, but what's happening negatively? What's happening in the positive realm? And are those things balancing out or is one overtaking the other? And that's just going to take some time. That's something that I think you have to really spend some time answering. Sometimes you're going to be able to identify it right away. Sometimes you're going to find you need to spend some time with this question and, and not ignore it 
you need to really dive into it. What is it that is working and what is not? The third is then once you've taken that, you've identified and you've really looked at what are the, these negative and positive issues, then think about what can you and should you change about accommodating, about being a people pleaser? For me, it was figuring out how can I get Mochi myself what we need and still include Oliver, which thankfully turned out to be a very simple solution and putting him on top of my camera bag and having it that's, that I, I carry on my shoulder and he can just sit on top of it. The other thing I needed to figure out was how can our morning walks become more relaxing, more healing, and get back to the stress-reducing and anxiety management tool I needed it to be. So when you're asking these questions and you're looking at what can and can't change, one of my favorite quotes, and I, I, I'm drawing a blank here, I can't remember who originally said it, but it, it was basically a paraphrase of it is doing what you can with what you have where you are. Too often we try to make our solutions complicated and so they're not doable or they're not sustainable. And then, so taking that a step further, is my business too complicated? Do I need to simplify? If my caregiving duties are taking more responsibility, if my health is having uh, a setback, is my business too complicated in order to accommodate that? Is that something I need to change? Do I need to simplify how I do business, how many clients I have, the number of products and services I offer? Do I need to simplify how I how I market my business? I've had to ask, are there ways for me to simplify how I do this podcast? Now that I've been doing it a while, I love this format. I love talking with you and sharing with you and hearing back from you uh, as to what you're learning from the podcast. But what can I do to make the process of producing it simpler, making it easy? Am I making it too complicated? So when you're looking at things that need to change or should you even change, a couple things. What are your priorities in your business, in your health, in your caregiving? What's on your heart? And then also when it comes to figuring out what needs to change, what are my restrictions? In my case, one of my restrictions was my health is being uh, being affected and I needed to accommodate what I could do, but I also needed to accommodate Oliver, include him on the walks, but I needed to be able to do it in a way that didn't impact uh, my own health, my business, and also Mochi's need for exercise. So what are your restrictions in terms of time, your energy, and the money? And then also what's working right now? Or, you know, even just sort of working, that it's working out the kinks and you're working out some of the issues that aren't running as smoothly. Can that be improved? Is there a way for you to streamline or to eliminate a step? What could you do to make what you're working on and that is relatively working or working really well work even better? so that you're faster, that you get faster results for your client, that you can get the project done faster for your client and free up more time for the things that you need. And then I think you also need to ask, what is a waste of time? What, what am I doing extra? What am I doing that is not providing an ROI? What am I doing that is really not providing the value to my client that I would like to provide? So when you're looking at your business, when you're looking at your own health, when you're looking at your caregiving, I want you to remember that it's okay to ask for what you need from your clients, in my case, your pets, and also from yourself, because a lot of times we are our hardest boss and the hardest person to work with. What do you need? Do you need to acknowledge the fact that you are a people pleaser and an accommodator? That's not always a bad thing, but is it getting to the point where it's happening at the cost of other things? Is it happening at the cost of your ability to serve all of your clients well? 
Is it coming at the cost of not running your business as efficiently to your own health, mentally, physically, spiritually? Is it coming at the expense of your family? Also, then you need to identify what are the issues that are arising from accommodating and people-pleasing. Are there negative? What are they negative? And then figuring out, do those balance out or is one overtaking the other? And then last, what can you and should you change? Or what can you optimize? What can you make better, faster, easier? So just as a reminder, and I'm gonna, you'll hear me to say this again, it's okay to ask for what you need. And as women, and especially women who have been in caregiving roles for a long time, it is very hard to ask this question. It's hard to ask of our colleagues. It's hard to ask from our family. It's sometimes hard to ask from our clients, and it's definitely hard for us to ask ourselves for that kind of help. But don't forget, again, it's okay to ask for what you need. So that's it for today. This is from the Thoughts from the Trail. These are the thoughts that I've been having lately as I have been working with my puppy Oliver, 16 and a half years young, and making sure that he gets what he needs. He's able to join us on our walks while still getting what Mochi needs for her and also helping me get back to the type of walk that I need in the morning. I would encourage you to take a look at what in what areas of your life in your business do you need to ask for help and get okay with asking for it. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode or what are some of the things that you're learning to ask for for help. You can DM me either on Facebook or on Instagram. My links are in the show notes. And I'd love to hear what you've learned from this episode that you will take forward with you into your work week. If there's one common refrain I hear from a lot of the women I talk to and a lot of the women that I work with is that they are needing help in finding clarity for their business. And this is something that I know I've struggled with. Many of the women in my mastermind have struggled with. And so I, I understand the ins and outs and how frustrating it can be of feeling stuck in your business and having a business that really no longer fits you. For a lot of the people that I work with, and in myself included, all of a sudden I had this moment of clarity where I realized that I had grown, I had changed, my season of life had changed, and my business had not caught up. I had outgrown my business. And when we are in business for a while and we've gone through a lot of changes and growth, it's so easy to get caught up in trying to find that magic answer of what's going to help me turn everything around. But what it's going to take first is getting clear on who you are today as a business owner, not the person who started years ago, getting clear on who you are today. What have you learned? What has changed since you first started your business? Also identifying and getting real with where you are in life right now. Has your health changed? Has your caregiving responsibilities changed? Have your interests changed? Has your client base changed? Has your business changed due to market or trend differences? And so going through my mini business clarity coaching, this is for you. This is for the woman who is stuck in their business and really struggling on what to do next. This system includes a work series of workbooks where we take an assessment of where you are right now. We uncover you, your personality, your skills, the people you love to serve, the problems you love to solve. And then you're going to have a one-on-one call with me where we identify what are some of the goals? What are the, some of the things that you want to do in your business? What's missing? What's working? What's not? And then as you go through the workbooks, you'll have the opportunity to submit your workbooks to me. And I'm going to give you personalized feedback uh, through either comments on your document or doing a Loom video if needed to really walk you through what I'm seeing. 
and help you identify trends, helping you identify things that maybe need a little bit deeper work. Something Sometimes I need to send you back, say, can you dig a little bit deeper or can you explain this to me a little bit more? Helping you get clear on where you are today and who you want to be as a business owner, as a business leader, and how you want to show up best for your clients. I also have included a bonus in there and access to the quarterly business review workshop on October 7th. And that is just another way for you to dive deep into your business and really getting clear on what's going on in your business and start being able to understand what's working and what's not on a regular basis. If you would like to know more about this program, you can visit selastudios.co forward slash mini clarity toolkit. Or you can send me a message through Instagram or Facebook. The links are in the show notes. I would love to talk to you about this program and how it might be the best fit for you. If you have any questions, reach out. I'd love to talk to you about it. Thanks for joining me. I hope you found some clarity or an aha moment that inspires you to take some action today. Before you go, could I ask a favor? I would really appreciate it if you could take a few seconds and leave a review of this show in the Apple Podcast app. Your review really does make an impact and helps spread the word about this show and gets it in the hands of other women who are looking to build simple and sustainable businesses of their own. Until next time.